Make sure you check out this week's Low Post podcast with Zach Lowe, Ramona Shelburne, and Rachel Nichols sharing their memories of the life of Kobe Bryant. Welcome to First Draft for this week. Chris Sproul here with Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Todd, you made it back from Mobile, but you're not, you didn't make it back in one piece. I can't think of anything more dramatic, Mel, traumatic than losing a cell phone in 2020. But Todd, rookie move in Mobile. What happened? I actually had a wonderful dinner. Okay. <laughs> I had a great dinner. With a couple head coaches. Oh wow, flex. Uh, Gary Vander, Gary Vanderchuk, who's a who's a inspirational, motivational type speaker. Jim Nagy set it all up at Ruth's Chris in Mobile. And when the the night was ending, we uh, John Schneider and I, the GM, obviously in Seattle, uh, got in the car together, into the cab, going just going back to the hotel. Early night. Always, you know, in the old days, I used to go out and have fun, and, and this would have been classic. This is classic old man now. You know, I go out to dinner dinner till 1030, and I get out of the, the cab, and there's or the Uber, and there's, I, I get out the right side, and I'm going to one hotel that's on the same street, and Schneider's getting out the other side, and he's going to the other hotel that's on the same street. I take three steps, Kuiper, three steps, and I look, I, I go to, I'm a creature of habit. You know how you have all your weird things? Mm-hmm. My keys are always in my left side. My keys and pen are in my left side. My wallet's in my back right pocket, and my phone is always in my front right mm-hmm. pocket. Schneider and I were having some laughs. I had it between my, my, the phone between my legs. I get out of the cab. Three steps later, I realize, oh, no. Mm. So I turn and I run as fast as I can down the street. It felt like I was running a four one two, probably faster. Mm-hmm. I think it was a five three four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't. Even, I didn't even. Oh, I was waving. I'm yelling. There are <laughs> scouts, you know, walking down the street. Oh. Coaches looking at me, and I didn't even care because I, I was like, I've got to right. get this thing. Right. I've got Pan- to get this. Pure thing. panic mode. Yep. Total panic mode. So. Mm-hmm. So now I catch my breath. Now I gotta, I gotta do the walk of shame back after running a, I don't know, probably 60, 70 yards after this, after this uh, Uber who's getting further and further away from me. I walk back sweating, pissed, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Get into my hotel room and I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll just go on my iPad. And I realized, oh no. I just got a new iPad, and I haven't done any of the new or like the updates. I know you don't know any of this, but the, no. a lot of the listeners will. <laughs> okay. But you have to, you have to update. You have to update all of your username and passwords every time you get a new, a new device. So usually, if you have a, another device, you can go on and you know shut down your phone, or you can. Uh, I could go to Uber and contact the person who is driving me. Every time I went to do something, it would say, okay, great. We're sending a four-digit uh, code to your cell phone. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to help. So I sat there till 2 in the morning trying to figure out how to get my phone. Realized it just wasn't happening. We did everything we could. Finally just shut the phone off. And I just got the phone yesterday. And to be honest with you, the good part of it was when I got home, I had like two and a half days. It felt normal again. It's kind of nice not having it. Now, I'm sure I missed 5,000 texts and all sorts of other things, but it felt good. Well, let me ask you this. The Uber driver. Yeah. Okay. This elusive I know. Uber driver. Let me just go back. She, she comes to where you guys are for the Senior Bowl at yep. right, the hotel. Yep. Don't you think that she would have been back there at some point over the next few days? To drop it off. And I kept checking. Oh, here's the other thing that was such a kick. I came back from practice the next day and came in. I actually went back in between practices to check with the front desk. And the guy at the front desk was like, oh, we did have an Uber driver turn in her phone. I was like, yes. There it is. 
It was a I forget it was a um, like a Motorola or whatever. It was a different kind of phone. But I waited there for ten minutes mm. and they had like managers going and looking for it. Mm. Yeah, no, it was it was a wild ride. It's it's kind of sad, amazing. Um, it, it was eye opening how much of your life is just stuck on that thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. but the, the most amazing part of all of it, honestly, is how slow I've gotten. My goodness. Couldn't track it down. I mean, yeah, I thought, I mean, I looked at where the Uber was and where I started running and I was like, I got this. And I was in a dead on sprint and I was losing ground big time. Let's put it this way. When you were a Richmond Spider quarterback, Todd, would you have caught that Uber driver? Yeah, barely. I mean, I've never trunk. been fast, but I, I would have, I would have at least gotten close enough to like pick up a rock and throw. Back something in your at prime, you'd have. No, he would have been. Had he would have been losing his cell phone at three thirty a.m. You'd have been hopping on right. top of that. That's Uber the other. Driver. I wouldn't have realized it until noon the next day when I woke up. You'd have been on top of the car, Todd. You'd have been <laughs> leaping like like the, <laughs> doing your fifty inch vertical jump. So rookie Just move, remind Tom me of this, though, when I, when I make fun of someone for running a 4.65. Just remind me of this. Because, I'd uh, like to know what your real 40 is right now. Uh, now we're going to be in Indy. My yeah. best one ever was in college. It was, uh, it was like 4.87 or something like that. It was in the 4.8s. I remember that. I remember so being basically, pumped. So I, what you're saying is the Uber driver passer. was within your grasp. That that car yes. was within. If you would have had a little bit more of a burst, yes, at yards, least like the, the screaming or like pick up a rock, like a pebble, you know, and like there was no red light or anything that you could that the, the Uber driver would have stopped at that you could have made there up was around? a stop and she kind of she slid through it. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, nightmare. Well, we just wasted. Think of the contacts that that have been stripped off that phone and sold around league circles. It's got it just got to be great. Well, then the best part was. We had a 30-minute break between practices the next day, and I thought I had plenty of time. You know how I am, McShay time. I thought I had plenty of time to run over to the – I don't want to say the name of the store, but over to the store and uh, <laughs> and and try to resolve it all. And I looked down at my phone. I was like, I got nine minutes to get back, and that was at least a 10-minute drive. And I roll in, and those guys have already started the second practice. And they're, I, I can hear them in my ear, but I don't have a mic, and I'm running in. <laughs> Oh, and they're just burying me. Oh, jeez. Oh, Who was the producer was down there, Todd? Uh, we, uh, Brian Ryder. Oh, Rides was? Oh, yeah. so he's yeah, not going to be nice to you. I got a text from Rides. They were not, oh, no. Email, I got an email from Rides. They mentioned nothing about that, but I'll have to, I'll have to hit him up. Guys, it's time. Let's go. Yeah, get it back on the rails. So, Todd, what I wanted to do during this show was get take some of the takeaways from the Senior Bowl aside from your disasters, and combine it. And so we really stack the board at quarterbacks. Biggest risers and fallers out of Mobile. So obviously, Joe Burrow ain't there, but there were some guys that were. Justin Herbert and Jordan Love are the ones that stand out. As we stack the board at quarterback, can you just give me the biggest takeaways from Mobile from you guys? Todd, you can start just on what you saw of Justin Herbert. I saw some... Pretty positive stuff out of you uh, describing his week. I thought he had a really good week. I mean, it doesn't, you know, you got to have to keep everything in perspective this time of year. And it doesn't overshadow some of the tape and some of the inconsistencies. But we've always known the talent is there. And I, a couple of the things I was looking for throughout the week, first of all, What's the leadership like? Are people are the players here going to follow him and respect him? Because this is a different level than just like your your college teammates who you've been around for three or four years. These guys are coming in, and it, this is work. We're you know we're we're trying to make a living now, and and we they everyone knows about the other players too. And I I just wanted to see how his teammates responded to him on his side and and it got better as the week went on it was good overall but it got better and better and better and also in the key moments and I thought that you know not to, again you have to keep it all in perspective but the 2 minute drive he had on a Thursday's practice when they were really like working to get down the field in situations and he had no timeouts and and had to get the team going 
Um, the first two throws he made to Van Jefferson, and the, by the way, Van Jefferson, the wide receiver from Florida, was awesome this past yeah, week. Yeah, made some money. Um, but but I thought that was really impressive, and I, I thought he just handled himself well. And, and then obviously going out and, and and playing as well as he did in the game, um, I, I thought Herbert had a really strong week. Mel, what about Jordan Love? Is is I statistically he's kind of this year's Josh Allen, um, and now with you know good workout looks like huge hand size. He's got some of those scouty traits that Josh Allen did have. I mean, he's he's kind of that guy this year where he said, no, 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 forget about some of these stats. Focus on this. And how are you going to be able to juxtapose those two? Well, I think in, in the comparison to Josh, Josh lost his center, who ended up in the NFL, running back, tight end, wide receiver, all of whom ended up in the NFL. And as I said then, you can't reload at Wyoming. Josh was up against it going to, to Iowa that year to start the season with all those guys leaving for the NFL. You're not going to look good as a quarterback. It's not going to happen. Same thing with, with Love. Love lost four starters on the offensive line, his top five receiving entities, three wide receivers, tight end Dax Raymond, and running back Darwin Thompson. So you can't lose all that talent at Utah State, have to go to LSU, one of the many teams they had to face that had a little bit more manpower, um, and get the job done to the level he did in terms of the, the numbers and the stats. And keep in mind, uh, you know, the talent doesn't, it's not like the talent changed. His ability is still the same as it was. But uh, I think in terms of Josh Allen, the competitiveness of Josh, that's like the Herbert, Todd, you brought up Justin Herbert comparing to Josh. I think the competitiveness, of, and they're all competitors, but what's the level of competitiveness? Josh was a 15 on a scale of 1 to 10. You know, most competitive player Craig Bowl ever coached. These guys aren't to that level. And I think for, for Jordan Love, unfortunately, I think in the game, he didn't have an opportunity, Todd. You were there. He didn't have an opportunity to do much at all there. Circumstances just weren't in his favor with penalties and things that were going awry there. Could never get in a rhythm there and get it going during the game. But uh, his, his talent is that of a first-round pick. Will he be a one? If he is, he's a late one. Drew Locke was considered one, went in the second. I could very easily see Jordan Love being a second-round pick or, at, at best, a late first-round pick. Todd, who else from Mobile – was would you just consider a riser who made himself some money? Um, I would say, I mean, Javon Kinlaw, in what forty eight hours, just kind of took the whole thing over, mm-hmm. and it, that's the fun part. And the, the quarterback position, it was clearly during the week of practice, it was Herbert and Love, and then the rest of the group. It's really, it's so much easier when you're. They're watching and studying the same same drills and watching these players. They, they they always seem to stand out. The guys rise to the top, if you will. And um, and Kinlaw just it was so obvious. I mean, it was so obvious that he was the best player there. That you know they he said he had some kind of strain, and but I I wouldn't blame him at all if he. I think decided, he had done like, enough. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, yeah he had done yeah. enough. Exactly. And I think his agent probably whispered in his ear and he said, okay, I'm out of here. And, and again, th- this is not about playing with teammates. This is not about winning for your college or going to bowl games or anything else. This is about making money and getting to the next level and putting yourself in the best position. And, uh, and I thought Kinlaw probably above anyone else there just kind of stood out. I thought Van Jefferson was the other one. I mentioned the wide receiver from Florida and Florida had, when we did their bowl game, going into the bowl game, they had eight pass catchers with 20 plus receptions. It was a, an offense that spread the ball around Dan Mullen and, and really wasn't focused on a single player, but Jefferson on tape was the best player. Jefferson on the, that game live was the best player. He's not the fastest. He's got solid. He's a good size, He's not the fastest player, not the most explosive, but the dude knows how to run routes and how to separate. Obviously, his uh, Sean Jefferson, his mm-hmm. his father, played you know a very good receiver. He's a wide receivers coach right now in the NFL, um, and just watching the way he carried himself, Van Jefferson, and then I, I told the story too at practice. I'm talking to Tory Holt right right after practice. The whistle blows. Talking to Tory Holt real quickly, and he comes running over, and he wants to pick his brain. He just he wants to get a little bit more information, even though he's grown up around the game and he knows all the ins and outs. 
I just thought that was cool. And they walked, walked 60 yards together just talking and you could see their hand gestures just going through routes and ins and outs and leverage and all those things. Um, those are the types of guys that they're, you know, he may run a four, five, five or whatever it is and he may get drafted in the third, fourth round somewhere in that range. You think he gets down there far, Todd? I, I don't know, but I mean, coming into the game, I would have said that. What yeah, do you think I had now? A, I had what would a, you say now? Late second? Uh, day two. Okay. Day two, second, third round, somewhere in that range. Just mm-hmm. because these are the guys that they just seem to make it in the league because they're ready to play. They know how to run routes. They know how to get open and they can deal with the veteran guys who are pressing them and trying to play games with them. Remember a few years ago, we had like seven receivers go in the second round. Remember Jordan Matthews out of Vanderbilt, Cody Latimer yep. out of Indiana, Jarvis Landry out of LSU, Robinson out of Penn State. He would be in that kind of grouping of guys who drop because of not having elite speed and numbers but are you know great route runners highly productive when in the nfl you would expect them to be highly productive in that setting as a two three option a guy that understands he can contribute probably right away but will be ahead of the curve coming to camp where a lot of rookie receivers are so you would expect in a role in the nfl he can put up pretty good numbers i i would think probably mid to late second if you had a guess right now todd is that too high yeah and i i think Every, if you think about Juju Smith-Schuster now, you have a different thought than maybe when he was coming out of school. Um, like but Michael I Thomas think, went in the second round. Yeah. The, I mean, those kind of guys who just know what they're doing. They're physical. They know how to kind of use their body and, and just create a little bit of separation before they make the catch. That I see some similarities in all three of those players. Mel, who else from Mobile – before we get into the yeah. quarterbacks and stack our board, who else from Mo- Mobile made some money? I look at the guys that I like going in from sm- from I wouldn't say small schools, but programs that aren't high profile. And you look at an Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty, a wide receiver. Hunter Bryant, uh, you know, a kid who I thought all year, uh, excuse me, Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, all year look at I wrote him up on ESPN.com, Todd. Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, I would say Adam Troutman out of Dayton. Kyle Duggar, the safety out of Lenore Ryan, uh, those types of guys, I think it was interesting to see how they fit in and how quickly they adapted and didn't seem overwhelmed by the competition. So I thought all those kids from those uh, programs that weren't high profile, Todd, more than held their own. Todd, yeah, tell Troutman us about was, Troutman. Troutman was really impressive. He really was. I mean, he, this isn't a great tight end class and, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the first tight end drafted, and it's it's unlikely. But I think he he turned enough eyes, and there were enough people there that that were impressed with him. Where it wouldn't surprise me if he moved up into the the mid round range. Whereas I don't, you know, you get the coaches involved, and and this is the first time seeing a player, and Troutman just kind of stood out. He was almost at a at a different level, and it was cool to see him come in and just not be phased by. Yeah, I'm Dayton. So what? You know, I I don't care if I'm going up against Michigan or Ohio State or whoever it is here. I'm I'm going to separate, and I know how to run routes. And he just made catch after catch. Um, Josh Jones is another guy I thought really stood out at the offensive tackle position. So I mean, there were a, a bunch of guys you could go down the list, but um, but uh, Troutman to me was one of the the better stories in terms of a player that. Didn't have any national recognition, didn't have any, you know, buzz coming into the game. Uh, and Jim Nagy and their staff did a good job even making sure that he was there and playing in the game. And, and he, he stood out. I thought he, he performed the best if you were evaluating it just off of practice during the week. He was the best tight end there. Well, let me ask you about a kid who uh, has versatility that flashed. He popped in some games this year. He didn't have elite stats from a sack standpoint, and his weight has kind of fluctuated, but he, he does. We talk about flashing and showing talent. Is Jason Strobridge, the defensive lineman from North Carolina. What did you think about him? What yes. position is he, is he best suited for along the defensive line? Yeah, I, I don't think it matters anymore, but, um, but man, I was impressed. You know, he, all right, so here's the thing. I, I think he, he's got to be more consistent with his snap anticipation, meaning like knowing, you know, being able to anticipate the snap and, and react. But once he gets going, he is, I was surprised because I didn't, I saw, I saw flashes on tape, but I didn't mm-hmm. see it consistently on tape. And obviously this is, 
this is a, um, you know, it's a, a job interview and he knows what's on the line. And so you, you got to figure out, are we going to get that consistent effort that we got at the senior bowl? And sometimes that it, it is the case. Sometimes it's not, but he, if you had to just line everybody up and say, all right, pick out the 10 players here at any position that looked the part NFL wise, who are they? He would be in the list. He really would. Because what, like, he was covering punts and uh, covering kicks, I should say. He, he was playing in space. He, the way he runs for his size is remarkable. And I, I think a, a creative and versatile defensive coordinator in the NFL, if they could get their hands on a guy like that, and, and he's, all these guys put on 10, 15 pounds over the course of the next three years, right? So he's going to be up at around 290, and if he can run anywhere close to the way he runs, and I, I'm not talking 40 speed, I'm talking functional football speed mm-hmm. and mobility and change of direction, he's going to be a really good player. Is he a and Friday nighter, Todd? Uh, oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I really do. Even though the tape doesn't necessarily reflect it, I think, I think somewhere in the third round, you look at this guy compared to all the other players available and say, you know what? There's so much to work with here. Guys, I want to pivot here. Got a little wrap on Mobile. I want to just mm-hmm. do a little exercise that we've done in pre- previous years and just stack our QB tiers now. Tier one, I think, is the guys we see in the top ten, um, similar to Todd's stacking the board exercise. But if you're, let's just go go up and down your QB rankings right now, and just go through them. Let's start at the top. Joe Burrow, number one, safe to say on both boards. Yep. Now, already with the question, then is Tua going to hold on to the number two spot, or does debatable. Justin Herbert? Creep I think in? That, that's the, that's debatable. That's the hard one, and Todd. Here we go. Talked to people last week when I was doing mock one and that's the one that's tricky. And I'll tell you what, you know. Tua, that the medical report coming out on Tua is going to be important. There's some concern about, hey, if you're not durable in college, can you expect to be durable once you're in the NFL? Uh, there's going to be a chance for Justin Herbert to jump over Tua. And it could very easily fall where Herbert's the second quarterback taken and Tua's the third. So that's not etched in stone right now that it's going to be uh, Tua then Herbert. Herbert, I think, is uh, is putting a lot of pressure to be a, a much higher. I wouldn't say much higher. I have him going six to the Chargers. Some have him a lot lower than that, Todd. Uh, I'm hearing – at six, you're pretty good. He could go a little higher than six. Yeah. Um, Herbert's the interesting one there. Well, uh, Tua, to me, just comes down to medical. If if your medical staff thinks that he's going to get that twitch back and, and the, the hip is not going to be an issue moving forward, which I heard all sorts of different things, and you got to – and. At the end of the day, if you just kind of sum up all the information I got out of Mobile talking to people – it's it, some people are a little bit more scared than others, but it it really is a wait and see game, and everyone wishes that they had like six months before instead of three months to figure out what they wanted to, uh, to do. But you're absolutely right, and the injuries. I mean, you just go over it year after year. It's the same thing, whether it's you know Josh Rosen going back to um, Deshaun Watson, even. I mean, it's so consistent in terms of if you're if you're getting yeah, Sam Bradford college, was the other one, Todd. Yeah, yeah, Sam Bradford was was he started? I think it was a ten. I think we talked about it before. There were just like seven quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round in the last ten years that have had injuries, injury issues in college that they it, they've become injury yeah, Carson prone Wentz. in the NFL. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, it goes it goes on and on and on. So. The, the bottom line is these teams are studying all of this, and they have so many researchers and so many people that are looking into it, and then so many doctors. Two is going to be such a wild card leading up to the draft, and it's all going to come down to medical, in my opinion, because if he was healthy and didn't have the hip injury, I think we would be discussing Tua versus Burrow. But Herbert now, you're right. He's putting pressure on him because you're getting a big – strong, durable guy who's got a big arm and all those things that I don't think are as important in the NFL today, but he's got the mobility and he came and played and competed and he's done everything right so far 
So it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think I think the debate has gone between Burrow and it's Burrow, and then the next tier really has become Tua Herbert, if you will. And I I don't know that it, it, you have to the line of demarcation is at the top ten. But I think that second tier, if you will, or tier 1B is going to be Tua and Herbert. Todd, does does Herbert have the strongest arm in the draft? Oh, jeez. I think Eason might be right there. Uh, yeah, yeah I, was, yeah, I was just looking. I think yeah, Eason, I would go with Eason. Yeah. It's interesting. Eason I, did, I then, asked that because Herbert. Eason and then Herbert. Herbert. Herbert has a fastball, and to his credit, he doesn't always use it. He 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 kind of learned how to throw. He learned how to throw a changeup too. He's getting better at it, and that was that was definitely an issue for him. But yeah, yeah. All right, going back. To, I mean, all right. So Burrow, and then one B is two uh, two Tungvaloa and Justin Herbert. But then after that, it's Jordan Love and Jacob Eason, and uh, or Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason. And then after that, it's, I don't know, I guess Anthony Gordon and then a, a, a bunch of other yeah. like late-round guys. Once you say Jalen Hurts is a wild card, like a Taysom Hill, he's going to have that kind of a role as that type of course. I would put Hurts in the wild card category separate with Love, Eason, Fromm, and that next tier. Then you get into guys like McDonald, Hawaii, Montez, Colorado, Stanley, Iowa, Morgan, Florida International, Gordon, Luton, Oregon State. That that would be your – you can separate those guys however you want, but that's the next group with Hurts, as I said, Todd, being the guy who I think will have that Taysom Hill role early on in his career. So, Mel, yeah. help me on this one. You have Burrow, and then there's the kind of the tie between two his medicals and – and Herbert's upside, and then it's Love, Eason. Who, how far do we Fromm. get where we say I, they have a chance to go in Fromm round up. one? I think in the time, you could, I, I think one of those other three, Love, Eason, Fromm, could be in the late first, whether it's New Orleans or somebody trading back in, as we see happen a lot in the NFL draft on, on night one, where in that 25 to 32 range, somebody will get in there. Uh, when a guy, a player that the team wants isn't there, they figure, oh, let's move into the early second. Happened with Kansas City when they missed out on Paxton Lynch. They moved into the early second and took Chris Jones. So it worked out well for them, but the guy they wanted was gone. They moved out. So that's what can happen. But I would think it would be between Love, Eason, and Fromm. Uh, as, and those three right now, Todd, are pretty hard to really, it, it's still, we're still early. We're only in January. So we got a long way to go, but I think Love, Eason, and Fromm, any one of those three could end up as the fourth quarterback off the board. Todd, can you put yeah. your finger on where we came from, from where the talk was after his freshman year? We said, this is, this is a possible one, one to where he is now, where he's at least in the first round conversation, but he's a likelier day, you know, night two pick. Kind of like where track his trajectory a little bit for fans that kind of don't realize where he was to where he is now. Well, for most of the first year, he was just filling in for Eason, but play was playing well enough to keep that team on the rails. And then they got to the you know they got to the the basically the, the end portion of the year when they needed him to play well. And even though things didn't work out perfectly, he he played in the bigger games, in my opinion. And then his second year, I thought he was I thought he was really good. Like really good. And even in the games that they lost, if you go back and actually study the tape, the the balls on target that were dropped and guys just not in the right position and get getting the ball out under pressure and, and little things that don't show up in the statistics, I thought he was heading towards the the first round. He didn't play that well this year, but like look at all they lost and they had three injuries along the offensive line during the year. The uh, transfer wide receiver from Miami was uh, got injured and once that happened they, like, they just didn't have anything left, right? I mean they had a bunch of freshmen, yeah, some talented guys, but who does he trust? And a quarterback like that it's kind of like Brady at this point in his career. He's got to be able to trust the guys where they're going rather than be able to just drive the ball down the field because that's not from. And some guys are just, they, they just don't like him because he's limited. And I know a bunch of people who think that he's just not going to succeed and at best he's a backup. I think if he's put in the right situation, if he were to get with 
I don't know, the, the Saints or a team in the NF, NFC South and where you're playing in domes and good weather, sorts of things. I, I think he has a chance to be a, a solid to good starter. But and it, he was one of, if not the most impressive players I've, I've met with all season long in terms of how hard he works and his knowledge of the game. So you're getting that, but if you're if you're worried about physical limitations, he's not for you. Yeah, yeah, uh, Todd. He he. When we do comps, and we're all into comps, the easiest comp in this draft is Jake Fromm to Andy Dalton. And I think from a competitiveness, yeah. leadership, smarts, uh, size. You know, and if that Andy Dalton arm. was playing with the Saints, then Andy Dalton would have a lot more success, is my guess. Yeah, yeah. And Andy Dalton, who knows where he'll be playing now if, if, if Bengals trade him? But Andy Dalton, Jake Fromm, and you mentioned the, the losses. Ninety-five percent of his receptions and touchdowns, all of his touchdowns were gone. Uh, you think about Riley Ridley, McCall Hardman, Terry Godwin, yeah. Isaac Naught at the tight end. Then he also lost yeah, Elijah Holyfield, who was the number two slash one A running back with Swift, who had a big year, and the center. He lost his center. Gee, yard as well so you can't take that away from anybody it was the same with with Sam Darnold and Josh Allen when they went into their final year in college they had lost a lot of players around them we talked about Jordan Love losing all his guys Jake Fromm also lost all his guys and that's why his numbers were down and that's why people look at those stats and completion percentage and they say oh it isn't about accuracy it's not about that it wasn't about that with Allen coming out it was about the talent around yes he missed some throws but it wasn't about that you can't take all that talent away from a quarterback at that level and say put up the same numbers that's why love should be i think i wouldn't say given a mulligan but you got to take it in you know in perspective and the same thing with jake Fromm at georgia jake Fromm didn't all of a sudden become an inaccurate passer because you look at those that completion percent say what happened it was because his targets were gone and robertson the transfer from cal didn't get it done to the level expected it took a while for pickens the freshman to get going and cager got hurt so again, you can't have all that happen and expect the quarterback to be putting up these, you know, enormous numbers and these these numbers that go wow. It's not going to happen. Mel, we had a we had a case where Gardner Minshew was thrown in, and you I know, was for various, just going to bring that up. But I'm saying for I various like reasons he succeeded. He wasn't all actually all that great all the time, but he he had enough yeah. to say. All right, this is an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering out of this day three grab bag of these guys where you just say, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to flat out bet on upside as opposed to a guy who's going to be great with the clipboard and is mm-hmm. going to have the playbook memorized. Is, is there a guy more in that day three mix, maybe from the Gordon to Hertz to Costello to a Nate Stanley where you go, yeah, I could still see the upside. I don't know why he hasn't put it all together at the college level, but who knows what'll happen. Maybe Cole McDonald at Hawaii, Todd. Maybe I'd take a shot with him. Maybe Steven Montez at Colorado. I don't know about the, you know, the inconsistencies there, but McDonald at Hawaii has the necessary arm. You got to tweak some things mechanics wise, but, uh, there's some talent to work with there. You're talking about a late round pick. Uh, I would think McDonald from Hawaii. I, first of all, Anthony Gordon was, he's a rhythm quarterback. Coming out of Washington State, the transfer just like you know. I'm not pounding the table for my guy, Todd. Come on. No, I I'm I'm not either. But he goes into the game and he's what nine for twelve. Yeah, he played well. And he wins he wins the MVP for the was it North Side I guess. Um, But when you get him in rhythm, and it was a little bit like Minshew. I think Minshew had a little bit more to him in terms of just I don't know craftiness, savvy, confidence. But I liked Gordon when we saw him live this past year, and I, I think I think that he's got a chance to to be a little bit of a surprise. And I think Nate Stanley, if I had to bet a, bet on any of these guys, including Jalen Hurts, I would bet on. If you're talking about day three pick, we're waking up on on Saturday. We got rounds four through seven. Nate Stanley from Iowa would be the guy that I would bet on, and I know his. You can say all you want and, and the games, the, the big games and his numbers and all those things, but look at what he was dealing with compared to the opponents that he was playing. And he's, he's big, he's strong, he's got a, a good arm, and he's, he's been around a pro system. And Ferentz comes from the NFL and, and, and played under and worked with Belichick in New England. And, um, 
that's pretty good to have as an offensive coordinator the last couple of years. Yeah, and also to defend Stanley this year. And he was a guy we were discussing as a potential early-round possibility, Todd. He has fallen off the map. Nobody, I mean, you brought him up, I was going to echo those same sentiments. Nobody talks about Stanley anymore. He, he's all about off the radar and off the map from a guy who was heavily discussed with these all these other quarterbacks we mentioned. Uh, up there with Fromm and those guys it was Nathan Stanley. And he lost Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson moved on. Noah Fant moved on. Noah Fant. Nick Easley moved on. <laughs> you, know, you talk about uh, you know losing players around you. He did. So again, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a fifth, sixth round pick, I would say I'd go. You know, Stanley McDonald, guys like that uh, would be guys you bring in. And hey, if you, if they don't materialize, what have you lost? You've lost nothing, guys. Yeah. We oh, go ahead, Todd. No, I was just I, I totally agree. What have you lost? I think that's the big thing at that point. It's 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 interesting, and you know, you mentioned uh, there's a lot of teams um, that are intriguing for uh, for drafting the quarterbacks early because of who they're replacing. But you know, I keep thinking, Todd, and you brought this up before, like the team that's probably drafted the most quarterbacks in the last twenty years or close to it, it's the New England Patriots. You can always you can always add these guys, see what you have, and the upside is you have a quarterback, which is obviously a trade ship at worst. And, you know, the downside is, like, what, you didn't get a really good special teams player? You know, I mean, it's 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 always should be a part of the strategy. I actually don't understand why there isn't more of a 6th, 7th round run on quarterbacks down into the, you know, who knows, the 20s. But Well, I think it's part of the overall strategy, too, that for whatever reason, teams don't have not figured out over 20 years of their success. Not that they've been great in the draft. No. Because they've been just as inconsistent picking. But the difference is their quantity has been so much greater, typically, than than any other team in, in the league. And so if they hit on three out of 12 versus you know uh, two out of seven, then – then, um, then you're still doing better. And then secondly, if you've got 12 picks, then you're like, yeah, let's, let's throw a flyer here in the fourth round. Let's, let's take a shot at this guy. And I think that's what everyone gets so caught up in. And, but it's like, you know, you're dangling this jewelry, this diamond in front of somebody in the, the, the pick nine or 12 or even 23. It's like, I've got to go have that guy here. I'll give you three picks. And Bill's just sitting there laughing, like, "All right, fine, I'll take those three picks." And if we hit on one of them, and if he if he's even cl- as close to the guy that you just went up and got, then that, our whole the whole picture comes together. So I think that's the reason that they're able to do that is because they've ha- they've had. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but my guess is over the past twenty years, they've got to have have had the most draft picks, and if not, they've got to be in like the top three. Mel. I wanted to uh, turn this into hit a few questions here from the mailbag. We've hit Mobile, and we've hit the quarterbacks. we stacked the board effectively. Let's hit a handful of questions here uh, in the last five minutes we have. Guys, I'm going to let you start. Is it possible the Redskins give Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, not Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins the Josh Rosen treatment if uh, listeners don't recall, Josh Rosen drafted at number 10 overall by the Arizona Cardinals. New coach comes in, says, whatever, I'm going to get my guy. They go with Kyler Murray. So the idea that teams wouldn't draft a quarterback in the first round in, re- in consecutive seasons, we've already seen that uh, happen yeah. just yeah. this last year. So what right. do you think on the Haskins situation? What does the word unique mean? What's the definition of the word unique? It means Actually, one of a kind. Yeah, exactly. That's what Kyler Murray was, unique. It, it's not gonna, you can't expect that. You can't say, well, because they had a quarterback in Josh Rosen that any other quarterback coming in who had a high grade would have been that pick. That's not the case. Any other quarterback had to be Kyler Murray with a Kingsbury connection, the style of quarterback he was that fit what they wanted to do. Josh Rosen just was an unfortunate situation. Had it been a traditional quarterback that had a high grade, they would have stuck with Josh Rosen. So, again, that wouldn't have been the case there. They would have probably drafted Nick Bosa and move forward with Josh Rosen had it not been Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray would have been an Oakland A. Josh Rosen an Arizona Cardinal and Nick Bosa is an Arizona Cardinal and I don't know what the 49ers are right now without Nick Bosa so it would have history would have been rewritten a little bit had Kyler Murray gone on to play with the Oakland A's so again I, in this case had Tua been healthy 
Okay, had like Todd was talking about Tua and Burrow would have been one right there. Then maybe Washington and Tua finishes off strong. Then I would have said, if I'm the Redskins, yeah, Tua. Tua has a higher grade than what Haskins does or did, and you got to take. But now with the Tua medical concern, I don't think you want to necessarily say as be as strong about that as you were. Burrow goes one. Herbert's got some. You know, the if if he were a little more of this, if he, you know, with all that talent, he would be the number. Well, it's not the case because there's something there missing. So I would say because of circumstances, the way things played out, Washington, I think will take Chase Young. All right, Todd. Giving you the less sexy one, but you were right down there. Who's the best guard in this draft? Charlie Wilson asks. I assume that's not the senator. Who's the best guard? He mentions Logan Sternberg. Looks really good. But on the McShay guard guide, get it at a a Barnes & Noble near you. Who's number one? This is hard-hitting stuff. Um, (laughs) John Simpson from Clemson, maybe? I mean, it depends. Like, who are you – Lining up at guard, I would say Sternberg would be one of them. Clemson's John uh, John Simpson would be another one what of about them. Bredesen? I I was yeah he's he's and I'm actually just looking at the tackles to see which guys could move in. Uh, no, I think those would be the three. But it, this those isn't this the, isn't a uh, a Nelson type no. year where there's a top ten guy. No, no first round There's, guards. No, no, sad. No, should be required. <laughs> You're not at all sad by that. And there's no. I would argue there's no first round interior offensive line. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, I didn't put Biotic in the first. Uh, was kind of have him in the second. So you're right, the cushion berries yeah. and guys like that. Yeah, so no first round centers, and we could have Todd really very easily. I'd say five, definitely five offensive tackles. Thomas, Georgia, Becton, Louisville, Wills, Alabama, Werfs, Iowa, and Jones uh, from Houston, all first-round picks, and probably all the first four pretty high. And I think Josh Jones, I had going to Minnesota at 25. Uh, you know, that's uh, a guy that could even move up a little bit from that. Hey, Mel. Yeah, I need, yes. to, I need to study more of his tape because he, he, was, he was impressive at the Senior Bowl. He really was. He, you know, we don't talk about off- offensive linemen much. Um, on the TV broadcast, but if you're really nerding out here, I, I think Josh Jones was one of the ten most impressive players down there, and and it, I, you know, I just hadn't seen enough to to know, but I was really really impressed. If you're at minute 41 of the first draft podcast, listening on uh, interior line play, you're nerding out. Hey Mel, let's do uh, two more questions. I'll start with you, big Wisconsin fan. This guy named Phil writes in, big mm-hmm. Wisconsin fan, and I seen. A lot of talk about Zach Bond moving high up in mocks. How, how do you see him, and how do you compare him to Chris Orr? Chris Orr had a heck of a year. Uh, the interior pressure he was able to provide uh, flying around. He's got great bloodlines with his father, Terry. Uh, he was a real playmaker for Wisconsin this year. He has a knack for just – and I've seen the Ravens here in Baltimore get these guys and get them late and bring them in as undrafted guys. And uh, Orr is one of those guys that could be overlooked until the later portion and uh, somebody may, is going to get themselves, I think, a good football player and special teamer right away that can, can really help you. Bond, I put the Seattle um, – Thought about a couple other spots in the late first, uh, but I think with his ability, very consistent player, high energy player, has some versatility. You're a jerk, by the way. Why? Uh, you owe me that one. Why? You owe me that one. What happened? Because I. That was his hot you know, guy. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's one guy, one guy a year. You're always ripping off. It's fine. I didn't even. I just know. want to let you know. You're I, a jerk. I, I, I did not know. Did you have to Seattle? <laughs> no, not to Seattle. I'm just saying. Uh, oh, I thought you meant round, that I had him to Seattle. First round in Oct- October when when no one no one was talking about. Hey, it. When you're right, you're right, Todd. I give you credit. All right, Todd, you can fi- you can wrap us up not, here. This guy, no fun. This guy, I watched him a lot. Now. No, not today. <laughs> Kim has really got you. Kim's got you hey, that, really that's, sensitive. That's, we're, we're saving that for April, Todd. <laughs> okay, got yeah, it. save some fights. <laughs> hey, Todd, a couple questions in on this guy. That's my dog. Ass, great handle there. And he actually has a picture of his dog in the handle. That's pretty serious. I think KJ Hill might be the surprise of the draft. I think he goes in round two. KJ Hill obviously had a good week down in uh, Mobile, and and by the way, this is after another guy who kind of got lost a little bit in the system at Ohio State. Terry McLaurin was such a breakout star. This that was last my year. guy, by the way. I had him in the first round, first mock last year, Todd. I'm going in the honestly, first round. Honestly, if you had if you had told me 
to pick one player last year that would have been the I ripped it off McShay player would have been it would have been uh, McLaurin. Who me? So that, that's where. Oh okay. yeah, let, you. Let me, let me the ask next you a question. Let me let's day. I want our listeners to hear this. I want our I'm, listeners I'm to hear I'm flying this. from Columbus to here to there, and all of a sudden I look up and you got a mock draft coming out two days later. No, the, no, ah, the, first round. The first. Mock it's what I you did. do. It's the Kuiper method. Wait it's the Kuiper method. Wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Genius. Okay. The Kuiper method is. Let me explain this, and then I promise I'll explain. Then I'll the Kuiper method. The Kuiper method is, I, however you find him, whether it's watching tape, talking to someone, whatever it is, okay. if you find a player that you think, ah, he's second, third round, but nobody's talking about him, I'm yeah. going to jump him up to 18, 22. Yeah. Somewhere. I'm putting him on the big board. Right. And then I'll slowly trickle him down a little bit <laughs> to get him back to where his value, you know, yeah. like drop that stock where it belongs. Yeah, yeah you want to get, get a little pop there, Todd. Hey, did I pick the right guy? Yeah, you did. Terry you McLaurin did. had of a heck of a rookie gonna... year. It was a third-round steal. I had him in the first round. I mock. Know. Uh, you know. Did anybody else have him in a first-round mock? No, they did no. not. So, again, I had the guts to do it. Give me credit for that. I got a guy <laughs> this year, Todd, that I popped. I, I pulled one of those Kuiper stunts that you always talk about, right, because that McLaurin yeah. was a stunt. All right? It was a stunt. Uh, but this is another <laughs> I don't know. if it, I, I can't predict stunts because you don't know if they are or they aren't until they play out. Because I thought, actually, McLaurin was going to go ahead of, of Campbell. I thought he was going to go ahead of his teammate. He didn't. Campbell went ahead of him, and, and McLaurin turned out to be the better player. But I got a guy in the late first round. I want to see what your opinion is because I put him there, and it was it was a bit of one of those things that you talked about. You like him, but you're going to put him in there because nobody else has him there. And nobody else is even talking about this guy. And it's K.J. Hamler from Penn State wide receiver. Small, but he's fast. I like him. I've got, yeah, I've got an 82 on him. I got, that's, I've got him as the number eight receiver. I got K.J. Hill as the number 10 receiver. Um, so you have a second round grade on yeah. Hamler, right? Uh, Hamler and yes, mid, yes, it's a second round grade, but it's like mid second round. Okay, well, I put him in the late first. So that's yeah, not mid, crazy, right? Because eighty two, hold on, eighty two is here's the hard part: is there's just not there, there's not uh, enough. So I got him forty three overall. So basically, it's an early second round grade. All right, so putting him into the Green yeah. Bay Packers at pick number thirty is not ridiculous. No, no, I didn't. I I actually looked at your mock because I knew we were going to mm-hmm. talk about it today. I looked at it like ten minutes before we came on, and of, of the things that I thought that stood out, I, that didn't jump out at me. Okay, I like I like how yeah. far off the rails we've gotten. That that question started, Daniel. You could run the tape back. That question started with me asking Todd about KJ Hill. And let me also KJ Hill had a real KJ Hill had a really good week, and I think he's going to be. <laughs> I think he's gonna, he's going to be a day two pick. Yeah, yeah I was going to say late, late second, early, second third. early third. And by the way, I'll, I'll but I'll say this. I'll say this. That was the best. And I've, I don't know, 17, 18, 19 games live this year. That was his catch in practice Behind on him. Thursday in indoors with the rain coming in sideways uh, was the best catch I had seen live all year. Very good. Yeah. Now I'm going to For promote Todd McShay. Now I'm going to promote Todd McShay. Todd, Todd, Todd's mock 2.0 comes out Tuesday, February 4th. That's what I'm told by Camby. Wow. And I'm going to yep. be on TV with you some of that day. You're going to be doing TV from 7 a.m. until 10 midnight probably all day doing everything. So Tuesday, February 4th, the Tuesday right after the Super Bowl, Todd McShay's Todd, Todd, Todd's mock 2.0. And I will be interested to see where KJ Hamler, does he make it into Todd's first round pick? Where is Josh Jones going to end up? Where is Makai Becton, offensive tackle Louisville going to be? Yeah. What's going to happen with uh, a tight end? You're going to get a tight, you're going to get a tight end in round one, Todd. You gotta you gotta start by watching Scott Van Pelt and his preview. Oh, that's gonna be before. Monday night. That's your when you start Monday it, huh? night. Yeah, I'm oh, rolling down to Bristol. On, I, on SVP Monday night. Yeah, I can't I can't get enough of Van Pelt and I can't get enough of Bristol. So we uh, we're gonna start okay. a little early and then and then three hours later, I'm sure Boy. we'll be back on. But yeah, now will I, you have a tight I don't end? No, I got one. a lot to work through. Will you have a tight end in round one? I mean, it's not much of a tease, but tune in, man. Will you? Tune in. Bristol How? in February is basically Panama City. It's oh. going to be fun here, guys. Um, I, I want to know, do you do you pronounce it Komet? 
Cole Komet. Komet, yeah, I thought so. I had him we in the first We round. haven't had Notre Dame in a couple of years. I yeah, Jacksonville sure. in, or, or New England, I thought. That's your guy. You, you, you put him in? Yeah, I got Cole There's Komet nobody in else there. that's. Nobody else There's has Cole nobody Komet else in there. that's. No. You going to put Komet in there? No. You can't now. I love when you get Because if you do it, I love when you get in this mode. Well, you no, know what he does. Let me just, let me just explain. Let, let, shut up, Todd. Let me just, let me just uh, tell you what McShay does. Our, this is what this McShay, is the this best is, this is how, this is how deranged McShay is. Okay. <laughs> Two years ago, the whole Josh Allen thing, I got, all right, he, he laid, he didn't put Josh Allen because I liked it. He said, so again, if, even if he likes somebody. No, that's the. You, take, you are so distorted, Mel. No, no, no. You are no, let me so finish. distorted. Let me finish. No, there, if, there have been other players. Uh, there's there have been, been other players. players. That if I like a guy but, and you like a guy, you will just that's, let me. That's you fair. You will start the movie. I introduced you to Josh Allen. You would oh, never have even geez. heard of Josh Allen. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> if I, if I hadn't told you about he's him. He's tried. He's, he's already poking. All right. I did All their right. championship game. It was negative nine degrees. Yeah, Todd did a sideline game in zero degree weather. I knew him coming out of high school. And, and and the night before, the night before, Levy, uh, Steve Levy and Greasy had Brian Greasy had me on a horse. I didn't know I was allergic to a horse, and I I, I remember letting you know that hey, this guy's pretty good. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was over on him when he came out of Fireball, really? California. Uh, I didn't know Todd was funny. allergic to horses. There was a there was a player I can't remember who. Oh. Was it no? I want to say I wish it's it was Pat Lynch. I don't think. Well, what he does to our listeners. But there was one that I said I, there's absolutely no chance I'll put him in my first round, even if I know they're going just out of spite. Yeah, no, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he's that's right. ridiculous. I mean, but knew, it'll only be one a year. A couple only years. One ago, he a year. Knew, he knew that Mayfield was going number one. He was so stubborn. He didn't even put him in his final mock. That's true. Isn't that true? And I remember Kyler Murray. Remember at the Combine last year, I kept saying, Todd, put, you're doing a mock race. I said, Todd, you put, I don't know. I said, Todd, put Kyler Murray at Arizona. I did. Be no, done I with had him. A, Be done with I it. I did. Remember when I was talking about I, Kyler Murray during our show when we were putting up the Tyree Jackson? We were talking 10 minutes about Tyree Jackson. I your revisionist history is amazing. I want to get the Kyler Murray I had Murray Kyler one. You guys ignored I, I, me? Baker, Baker, I still was going with Sam because I'm right. a Sam guy. Yeah, uh, and I yeah, was I'm talking like, about the Murray thing. The Murray thing, you were you were refusing to even discuss Murray going to Arizona. I tried <laughs> to bring it up during our show on the combine when Tyree Jackson was thrown, who we thought would be a late round pick, and you went you went none of it. We're gonna have to go back. We're gonna have to go back to the tape. I'm talking about Kyler the tape, Murray. The tape I, don't I said, lie. I, I'm talking about Kyler Murray on the show, and I get crickets from everybody. Oh boy, guys, we got a long way to go. Jeez. Here we go again. Hey, I, just, I thought I thought this was like a nice afternoon podcast, just catching up with my guys. Here we go. Get, All right, drilled. we're back on. <laughs> the year hey, begins. That's first draft for this week. I'm Chris Brow with Mel and Todd. If you stuck around, God bless you. We will be back at it. Love's off next week. Please tune in. <laughs>